Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Before we get going on this week's episode of Culture Bites, we've been getting a lot of questions about our annual conference this year, Corinne. Yeah, we have a lot of people been wondering whether we're going to have a conference at all because our conferences are usually physical, but we're pretty excited. We're going bigger and better and we're actually holding an Asia-Pacific virtual conference event. So it's an extravaganza. So it's not just Australia, it's not just New Zealand, it's Asia-Pacific. It's going to be held over three mornings or three days from the 25th of August to the 27th. A slightly different format this time, Corinne. Yeah, we're, they're not full days, so they are story-based, shorter days. So we're going to have two client stories each morning, and the client story is going to be a bit different. We're, the clients are still going to share their culture and leadership story, but then we're going to interview them, Dom, much as we would in a podcast mm-hmm. where we can talk to them about the behind-the-scenes story, so the story behind the story. Then there'll be a break. And then there'll be a, we're having a CEO panel on one of the days and then we're going to have day two and day three will be interactive workshops of 90 minutes. So they're quite short days, but they're filled with a diverse range of stories from our clients from across all different sectors and industries from New Zealand, from Australia, from Hong Kong. We've even potentially got some others coming from the Pacific so this is a complimentary event. So if it sounds like you, you know, we'd love to see you there. Invite your colleagues, invite your friends, more the merrier in Absolutely. a virtual setting. If you want to sign up, we've got in the description of this podcast will be a link to the website where you'll be able to sign up. So check it out. We'd love to see you there. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name's Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia. And I'm joined by our Head of Consulting, Corinne Cantor. Hey, Corinne. Hi, Dom. How are you doing? Yeah, doing really well, Corinne. What about you? Yeah, really well, thank you. I've got you on the show this week to continue a little series that we've been working on, which is around kind of explaining the different styles of the circumplex, particularly from a thinking and behavior point of view, particularly around the constructive styles, right? So what are they? How can we grow them? So what can we do in that space? This episode, I want to talk to you about humanistic encouraging. Mm. So, you know, a classic one to, that people look to grow all the time. And it'd be great to get your view on, you know, what is it from a mindset point of view as well as behavior? And then kind of most importantly, what can people actually do? What actions could they think about and take to actually grow that style? How does that sound? Great. If we start from the top then, you know, what defines humanistic encouraging? What like, what is that? Because it's yeah. kind of weird words. <laughs> <laughs> they are weird words. And often probably a, a way of thinking about humanistic encouraging is really the style that focuses on development. So it sits on the people side of the circumplex and it's uh, more relationship oriented. In terms oh. of mindset, if I'm high in humanistic encouraging, I believe that people are basically good oh. and that given the right circumstances and support that they're capable of achieving great things. Mm. Okay, So, so it's fundamental value or belief. Fundamental yep. value or belief. It's based on unconditional positive regard, helps people to grow and reach their potential. It's a mindset that is optimistic about people mm. and places a high 
value also on respect, mutual respect, mm. and being trustworthy. But it's really about helping others grow. So it's in the satisfaction zone. It's about meeting the satisfaction needs. Someone who's high in humanistic encouraging in the LSI one, so they value humanistic encouraging, gain satisfaction by nurturing relationships Mm. and also developing people, being part of someone's development and helping them reach their potential. The satisfaction of actually being part of that, helping somebody think for themselves and grow. Right. So I actually enjoy teaching others. I, I enjoy, enjoy bringing people. them into the I enjoy spending time with people. Enjoy seeing them grow and develop and Correct. get better. Yeah. So I often relate it to like the coaching style, like I yeah. call it, right? Because it's how do you enable other people? Yeah, right? how exactly. How do we help, help them? Sometimes when we talk about it, people hear, you know, it's about being nice. Mm. You know, I'm going to encourage people, particularly, you know, if, those of us, myself included, who perhaps were more on the task side, here it is. Oh, it's it's be nice to everyone. Everyone, you know, encouraging, right? Everyone gets a participate, you know, participation medal, all that kind of stuff. How how, how would you uh, respond to that? Yeah, I think that's a misunderstanding. You know, when people say that they haven't really understood what humanistic encouraging is about. So what I would say is, I think that it's a positive belief in others. Now, and coaching's a good way of thinking about humanistic encouraging because I can support you in a lot of ways, Dom, if I if I was a coach and not all of it would be being nice. Okay. So normally when somebody says it's very nice, there's an implication that I've let you off the hook. Yeah. Well that's green. We're down in the green space. That's right. We're down the green space. Now with humanistic encouraging, if you're really serious about supporting somebody's growth and development and you really care about that person and you respect them, then you've got to respect and care about them enough to be truthful mm. with them, to be honest with them. Mm. And hold them to standards and, hold and expectations. Them to the standard. yep. And so that means that humanistic encouraging can be tough, okay? Mm. Tough love, if you want to put it that way. Mm. Very straight talking, but with respect. So with humanistic encouraging, because I believe that you are capable of great things and I believe and desire to be part of that process, enabling you, I'm not going to let it go if I think you've behaved badly. I'm not going to, you know, let you off the hook if you promised to, if you made an agreement with me and you broke it, Mm. okay? What I am going to do is ask you what happened, what got in the way of actually you doing that. And sometimes it can be quite tough. You can be Mm. quite direct in humanistic encouraging. The difference between that and command and control is Mm. that in humanistic encouraging, the person doesn't feel disrespected. Mm. The person doesn't feel diminished because that ability to come, to have that tough conversation comes from a positive intent and a caring place. I'm giving you this feedback because I care about you. Mm. And so, because I was going to, that's exactly where I was going to go is if I've got a high oppositional style, say, Corinna, I'm pointing out what's wrong so you can get better or something. So like, what's the difference between oppositional and humanistic encouraging fundamentally? In that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think that in oppositional, if I'm coming from an oppositional, so humanistic encouraging, remember the mindset is my belief is that people are basically good and given the right circumstances and support, they can grow. 
Whereas oppositional, it's a defensive style. Mm. And so the mindset is a security. Mm. It's security needs that I'm actually seeking to meet. Mm. So the mindset that I've got is I want to show you that you're wrong. Yeah, that you're okay? not good enough. That you're not good enough. Mm. That you didn't actually, that I was able to pick out mm. all the areas where there were gaps. I'm the expert. Yeah. Mm. So the I'm the expert. You know, mm. I know more about this than you do. I mean, that's being pretty black and white, yeah, yeah, but, sure. but I'm wanting people to understand that the satisfaction that underpins the humanistic encouraging is very different, that shapes our intent and our behavior very differently to if I was coming from a defensive security need of being oppositional. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's a great check-in for people, right? When you're giving feedback, where is it actually coming from? Yeah. Is it? Genuinely from a place of, I want to see Corinne grow and flourish, yeah, you know, and develop versus, you know, I'm, I might want to knock Corinne down a notch or, yeah. or something like that, you know. And or, I think to or not, the care yeah. factor is important yeah. because I've also heard people said, well, you wanted me to be honest and they're brutal, mm. okay? So in their, they're using straight talk and honesty as a way to actually punish someone. Yes. And that's not humanistic encouraging. It's not useful, right? I... It's not useful and it's also, it's about where is it coming from. There's an element of humanistic encouraging that is about care and compassion. Hmm. So if I actually really care about you, I want to set you up for success. Yeah. That means I don't want to be brutal hmm. in my honesty. I want to be straight. Yeah. I want to be clear. Respectfully straight. I want to be specific and I want to be respectful mm. because ultimately, if I leave you feeling more diminished, I haven't helped you grow. Right. If anything, I might have actually set you back. Probably. Yeah. 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 Great point. So it's, you know, fundamentally, it's not, yeah, it's not a soft conversation. It's about getting people to achieve their best. And that can yeah. be, you know, the best, I always say the best coach, leader, mentor you ever had challenged you. Yeah. But they supported you. Yeah. And they believed in you. Yeah. And you knew that fundamentally. So even when they were kind of, you know, stretching you maybe with a new assignment, well, I'm yeah. not sure about this. It's because they actually believed that you could do it. And they might have made you feel uncomfortable. You know, they might have actually called you called some BS, you know, mm. on something that you've said or done mm. and didn't give you any wiggle room, mm. you know, but you didn't feel diminished by that. Mm. You were able to, you know, it might have stung, yep. but you were able to take it on board. What from a, because that's kind of the mindset, right? Mm. What about from a behavior point of view? You know, what would you see a person or a leader who's kind of high in humanistic encouraging? What are the things they would do? Yeah, I think that someone who's high in humanistic encouraging, you'd see that because they make time for people. So as a leader, you'd actually have your one-on-ones and you would keep them, mm. you know. Because they're important. Because yep. they're important. You care yep. about them. You'd have in that conversation, the leader would ask about how that person is going mm. and how their life is going as well as the development goals, mm. you know, their career, what they'd like to do in their life and their career. So they take an interest mm. in the person as well as the task, mm. Okay. I think the other thing that you would see someone who, a leader's humanistic encouraging, anybody who's humanistic encouraging is to be straight. So the way that you build trust is to be honest about how you feel and to own it and to share that in a way that is not attacking of others. Okay. Mm. So I feel this and being able to own it. So I think you'd 
see that with someone who's humanistic encouraging. I think you'd also see someone who is making room for others to give feedback, to have a conversation. Mm. So rather than tell and sell, it's involved to solve. Yeah. So I think there's and, some and of pro- the signs. And prompting people to think for themselves. Prompting people to think for themselves. You might see a leader who doesn't rush in to fill the gap or give the answer. Mm. You might actually see someone who steps back mm. so their people can step forward. And, you know, again, this is the fine line because it's not about abdicating responsibility, right? Because now we're back in the green space. But it's a lot, it's not providing people with the answers because then we're in the red space. So it's about challenging people and leaving space for them to come forward. Yeah. And I think, too, the other thing that we were talking about just before, Dom, is I think that when people think about humanistic encouraging, they think about sympathy mm. versus empathy. Mm. And so I think when, see, a lot of leaders try to, so what's the, what's yeah, well, the definition? Yeah, what's the difference? Because people, yeah. uh, I mean, I've... To me. So yeah. I'm going to give my Yeah, okay, my, we don't have I the do. Merriam-Webster version. Yeah, or yeah. Well, I did consult the Merriam-Webster and the Oxford <laughs> and all the others, so I'm, but I'm just um, giving you what my belief and on based on definition. So I think that, when you sympathize with someone, you're actually identifying so much with their feelings that they're almost, you're experiencing those feelings. Mm. Okay. When you empathize, you can relate, you can put yourself in their shoes, but they're still Some your feelings, mm. Dom, they're not mm. mine. Mm. Okay. Whereas I think with sympathy, it's almost like I'm taking We're on your dic- feelings. Yeah. So I think that in leadership, you definitely need empathy. Sometimes sympathy is appropriate, but what I find is in going aiming for empathy, sometimes leaders do sympathy. Yes. And what that means is they feel like when a, a team member hasn't kept an agreement, isn't performing as well that they should, hasn't delivered an outcome, they feel bad about asking or helping that person take responsibility. Mm. And so they let it go. Mm. Okay. So I think that that's more going to be more linked to sympathy, Mm. okay? Whereas humanistic encouraging is about empathy. Help me understand what happened, Dom. Mm. You know, let's check that we're on the same page. We agreed that you deliver this on Thursday. It's Friday and haven't got it. What's happened? So it's about talking about it and then you might say, oh, well, you know, kids were sick, you know, whatever. Okay, I get that. I can understand. What would have been great is for you to let me know. Mm. Okay, so it's, you're not going to let somebody, you know, fall short of the responsibility. It doesn't help someone. I'm not going to help you to let you off a, the hook for something. What I want to do is give you a signal that it's okay for you to talk to me if things get in the road of mm. your being able to deliver. And I also want you to be true to your agreement. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I think to me, it's important for leaders to understand that humanistic encouraging isn't about nice and it's not about sympathizing. It's about being understanding, but also helping people to take responsibility. And I mean, you kind of <laughs> triggered me a bit then because, oh, it's so tempting just to be like, oh, it's okay, Corinne, don't worry about it. Yep. In that moment, right? It's so tempting because yep. so life is so much easier, easier to do that for me, but it's not helping you. And I think that's the other thing is sometimes people think that it's easy. Humanistic encouraging is not easy. None of the blue styles are. It's much easier to let things go and avoid it and much easier to get angry and just point the finger at somebody else. Much harder to actually regulate your own emotion and actually put 
that person first in terms of that goal. What am I trying to do? I'm really trying to support them to grow and then actually be calm, straight and respectful and stay connected and caring. Mm. So that's a, a bigger ask of yeah, a leader. for sure. So if someone's listening to this episode now and they're wanting to kind of develop their humanistic encouraging style, you know, what would be your tips, some thoughts that they could work on? I think the first thing is to really develop humanistic encouraging, you've really got to care and be curious about people. So I work with a lot of senior execs and CEOs who are really task-oriented and they're very red. And I've worked with a lot of leaders who try very hard to be constructive and humanistic encouraging and then are disappointed when that style hasn't grown Mm. and they're still coming across as red. Now, often what's happened is they've treated humanistic encouraging as a task. Mm. So I had my coffees. Mm. I, um, you know, I put people on training courses. So I did all these things. Why don't people see me as being humanistic encouraging? It's because they want to know the person behind the role. Okay. It's not what you can do for me only. It's about that authentic connection. So I think the first thing is create some time where you can spend time with people. An essential part of humanistic encouraging is prepared to take time with people and listen to people, not because you need something from them, but because you're actually interested in what they have to say. And I think that's the key, right? You've got to genuinely care about people, right? People's BS meters are pretty good. And yeah. so if you're just kind of going through the motions, yeah. you know, and that can sound kind of scary, right? Because well, I am kind of going through the motions. but so what can you do to maybe get in that mindset is, you know, particularly if you're more on the task side of the circumflex naturally, you think about people in your career, on, on your yep. journey that have helped you. Yep. You know, who's coached you, mentored you, yep. believed in your potential. Yeah. You know, what did they do? What difference did it make for you? Yeah. Right. So sometimes thinking in your own context can help. Okay. So that's how it helped me. And what could I be doing for other people? Terrific. What does that mean for them? Yeah. So I think spending time with people, thinking about who has helped you, who's mentored you. The other thing I think too for leaders is if you can take on a mentee, someone Uh that you can mentor that you are not in charge of. Right. You have no authority Mm -hmm. over. The essence of that gives you, if it's hard for some leaders who are very task-oriented to get into that headspace, that mentoring relationship where I'm not in charge of you, I'm not a line manager, mm. is a really good way of starting to get a feel for what humanistic encouraging might sound like, feel like, look like. You know the extension I was just thinking of then, I haven't, so I'm thinking on the fly right now. Go Danger- for it. Dangerous. Go for it. But I think I would even challenge, it's not necessarily a, like I get what you mean by mentor, mentee. But it's almost more of a coaching relationship because I think sometimes what comes with being a mentor is I'm going to pass on my wisdom. Yep. Right? I'm going to tell you what I think you should do. Yep. But really, if we want to flex the muscle of humanistic encouraging, it's getting them to think for themselves. Yep. Right? So it's staying curious and asking questions versus giving them the answer. Yeah. I think that's absolutely right. And you're right. And I think that, Yep. And the reason that I went through the mentor, what's Mm. key about that Mm. is that you don't have authority over them Mm. because you're more likely to ask questions Mm. rather than tell them what you think. Because you don't know that, you don't understand the context and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think the other thing to your point, Dom, in that coaching is ask more questions than you give advice. Mm. Okay. So instead of offering, sometimes I think leaders can be guilty of adding too much value. Yeah. So, you know, 
ask more questions, lead with the question, and then ask another question, another question after that. And instead of thinking that you're going to help save or fix, then think of it in terms of how do I help them? How do I help you grow? So how do I help you discover the answer that's inside you? Mm. You know something I was thinking about doing for myself, actually, just as a way of checking in on it, on that exact point is when I'm in these conversations, having like, you know, a page on my notebook split down the middle and marking, you know, the old like mark, 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 dash, you know, for five. Yeah. How many times do I ask a question versus give an opinion or or advice? Great idea. You know, just to check in, like, because I think we probably give more advice than we think we do. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we think we ask more questions than we actually do. So it could be a way of just gut checking for yourself. Like, I think okay, that's a great idea. How often do I actually provide the answer? Yeah. And I think that's right. So how often am I advice, advising versus actually coaching? Mm. How often am I telling versus asking? What share of voice in this conversation? So mm. how often am I just listening? You know, so I, I think of, I do the same exercise, but in terms of share of voice. Uh-huh. So how often, if I was a fly on the wall, looking at this meeting, Mm. how many times have I heard Corinne speak versus Mm. anybody else? Mm. You know, so it's about listening, listening and shutting up sometimes. What what about Corinne? Because sometimes the challenge for leaders can be where someone kind of asks for advice or they're not coming forward. Like you're trying to get them to think for themselves, but they're not really Mm. taking up the mantle, Mm. you know? So... It's so tempting in those moments to, well, if you ask me what my f- opinion is or you are, you're not coming forward, then I'm going to tell you. Mm. So how do you resist that urge? How do you, what do you do there? You might ask them what's getting in their way of coming up with an answer, you know, mm. so whatever behavior you're observing, just saying, I'm noticing that you keep wanting me to give you the answer. Mm. What's getting in your way of trusting yourself, mm. you know, or putting the question back on them? What's the real challenge for you, which is a Michael Bungay-Steiner. I'm sorry, Michael, if I've pronounced your name wrong, but what's the real challenge for you? And for me, it's about observing the pattern that you're seeing versus trying to resist it. Mm. So this is what I'm seeing. We have this discussion. You keep asking me for the answer. What is getting in the way of you coming up with your own answer? Mm. It's a different conversation. Totally different conversation. Deeper conversation. Yeah. And what else? And what else? Or (laughs) or even how can I help you come to your own conclusion? Mm. Mm. You know, so and in those sorts of questions, what you're doing is helping people take responsibility for themselves Mm. and their own growth, which is essentially part of humanistic encouraging. Mm. Mm. I love it. And what, what other tips would there be? I think there's the classic, all the styles, but humanistic encouraging and achievement particularly are about getting feedback and asking for feedback, involving people in conversations and discussions and decisions that are likely to impact them. Mm. doesn't mean decision-making by committee. It Mm. means that you're taking soundings, you're letting them have a voice, creating an opportunity to hear from others in terms of a team. So humanistic encouraging as a leader, is really creating opportunities for the team to collaborate and interact in order to get the task done. I always think as well, because sometimes leaders freak out about, oh, we're going to ask people, you know, what we should do. Like, what if they come up with the world's worst answer? Yeah. And I always say, you know, it's, it depends, you've got to do a good, better job seeing up then, right? People have to 
understand the objective we're aiming for. Yeah. They have to understand the constraints or whatever it is that you're kind of afraid of that they're not going to get. Yeah. Right? Because you're basically saying they don't get it. Yeah. So help them get it. And a part of humanistic encouraging is trusting people to get it. Yeah. And so I think for me, if you're – sometimes what makes it difficult for a leader to give that opportunity is that there are constraints and they know that there are constraints. And so they know that they worry that if they open up the discussion, people are going to talk about something that can't happen. Yes. So my advice on that is always start with a description of the context. What's going on? What's prompted this decision or this conversation? If it's a decision, then explain context. This is what's happening. This is what we're seeing. That poses us with the challenge. This is what we're having to deal with. The decision we've made is this. This is the reason why. We'd like your support. What questions do you have? Mm. Okay, so it might be that you, there's no choice and they can't, it's a non-negotiable. That's the reality. Mm. So how do you create a space for people to talk? What are your thoughts? But I always start with the description of the context so that people know the why. Mm. And that's a way of actually, and you might actually say, we're facing this, this is the context, this is what's happening, this is the dilemma that we're in, where we've got some constraints, this and this. So just be open about what the constraints are. And then the discussion happens within. What can we do? Correct. Yeah. 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 What can we do? Yeah. And so I think it's getting, because that I think is what scares leaders is what if they come up with, you know, we see it in a lot of culture projects. People say, oh, we want more training, for instance. Yeah. Well, we don't have the budget for more training, you know? So now we've set an expectation that people want this and we're not going to be able to deliver it, right? Yeah. And so I'm trying to manage that as a leader. So kind of say it up front, look, these are the constraints got a certain budget we've fully used it but we could potentially look at redeploying it but they, that comes with trade-offs that means yeah. we can't do you know the program we had and blah 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 and i think that when you feel like you've got to be nice when you're trying to be humanistic encouraging you feel like you've got to stage manage the discussion they're both clues that you're not being yes, humanistic encouraging totally. you know humanistic encouraging is being straight so being honest with people about your constraints yeah. you know about the fact that you might not know what the way forward looks like, but share what you do know and share where they can influence, but don't give them create an impression that they can influence and that you're consoling them if you know that it's not going to get anywhere. Yeah. Okay. That That, isn't humanistic encouraging. That's a big one because we, I hear a lot of leaders say, we need people to feel they've been consulted. Uh, So common. I think, look, I think there's usually actually good intent behind it, but I just think it's an interesting use of words. It's not, we need to consult people. We need people to feel they've been consulted, <laughs> you know, because we've yeah. actually already got the answer. We'll be seen to consult. We need to yeah. be seen to consult. So it's a genuineness about, well, I'm actually interested in what you have to say. Yeah. Right? And when you are, and when you're coming genuinely from humanistic encouraging, you can say, no, <laughs> you know, mm. hear what you're saying. And I've thought about it and I don't think it'll work. And this is the reason why. Mm. You can give an honest no. You know, mm. versus a, you know how I told you we were going to console you, but you either ignore it or you don't do anything with it. You know, like that's what we're aiming for yeah. is that everybody has the ability to say a yes and a no when it matters to them. You know? I've, I've seen ones where like you're in a workshop and it's like, what, what are your you know, thoughts on this? And everyone shares thoughts, then click to the next slide. And it's like, so here's the five-step plan that <laughs> we've obviously already written before this meeting ever happened. So that last exercise was completely pointless. And people pick that up pretty fast. 
Beautiful. Any final final thoughts or, or comments for people to take away, Corinne? No, I think that's probably a good start, good summary. People can always email us or give us a call at Human Synergistics if you if you want to kind of do a deeper dive. And of course, if people can write into the podcast and um, let us know if these sessions are hitting the mark. Yeah, exactly. So we share all these episodes on our through our LinkedIn company page, so Human Synergistics Australia and New Zealand. Follow us there and then comment on the articles. We love to hear the feedback about what what's hitting, what's missing, you know, or, or what your experience is, what's worked for you. So get involved there. That we'd love to hear from you. Beautiful. Thanks for your time today, Corinne. Pleasure, Dom. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Culture Bites. Just a reminder, we've got our annual conference coming up for 2020. It's on the 25th to 27th of August. There's a link in the description of this episode. We hope to see you there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.